Business success usually comes to those who are too busy to be looking for it. Join RVK for the award-winning RV on Business Show every Tuesday at 12 midday. It's not about thinking out of the box. There is no box. Only on 101.9 High FM. Welcome to 101.9 High FM. It's 13 minutes past 12. Thank you so much for joining us. For those of you who've just started your academic year, for those of you who are thinking about starting your academic year, or if you're one of those many, many students who've just finished school and not quite sure where to go and what to do, this is the show for you. So if you're driving, just pull over, find a place in the shade and listen. If you are in the working or if you're in the kitchen, just put everything down because in the next 45 minutes, you're going to get clear, direct instruction as to what one should be looking for, what one should be endeavoring to achieve through tertiary education, because we have the great privilege of having Dr. Ronel Bloom, who's the academic dean of Regent College on the, on the line. Dr. Bloom, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you very much for having me. Delighted to be here. Wonderful. You know, do you mind if I call you Ronelle? Not at all. Great. You wrote on your website something very, very straightforward and simple. You said the institution seeks to introduce 21st century skills to enhance our graduates' employability in a variety of ways. It's the first time I've seen an institution of academia Mm. talk to the nub of the issue. And that yes. is, it's all good and well to put a certificate on your wall. But yes. if it doesn't put money in the bank, it's not really the primary reason most people do a degree. Yes. Talk to us briefly about Regent and what your focus is. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I can tell you so much about Regent. And I, I um, love the way that you say to, uh, there is no box. Uh, you know, we, we agree. <laughs> we, one of our slogans is to, uh, disrupt, rethink and innovate. And I, I think the whole um, notion of of not having a box, uh, never mind thinking out the box, is is really what typifies what we try and do at Regent Business School. So, um, I mean, I can tell you about uh, the programs that we offer. We we focus very much on the economic and management and leadership sciences. And we offer a very wide range of programs from higher certificates um, on NKF level five right up to a doctoral degree, which is really our flagship program. But I think what we're trying to achieve um, with our curricula is to achieve that that very um nebulous thing that's called employability. So what we've done um, in the in the past few years in particular is we've kind of introduced employability skills, or we call them 21st century skills, in all our curricula. So, um, and you know, if I think about, about it, um, if you look at a traditional university, then it's amazing that these things don't get taught. Um, things like problem solving, things like critical thinking and, and so on. And so we've realized that if we want a graduate that is more employable and who comes out with really transferable skills, then we have to put that into our curriculum. So we are busy with uh, curriculum transformation. We're ongoing curriculum transformation to involve and to include all of those employability skills that will make it possible for students, uh, for graduates, you know, to obtain and retain a job. 
which is, uh, like you said, uh, when you started, most people don't start a degree because they think it's going to grow their minds or they think, you know, they will know the philosophies of the world or whatever the case may be. They start a degree because they know that if they have obtained a degree, their chances at getting employment is much, much, much greater than those people who don't. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I mean, I think, um, um, it is, uh, um, it has been shown throughout the world that if you have some kind of higher education program, um, behind your name, your chances are much better. Um, than, than somebody who's even got a good matric, you know, or a lot of experience. Um, the paper does count <laughs> in the end. But what we want to do as an institution is we want to make sure that the paper doesn't only count, but that it actually translates into employability. And so that's our pedagogy, if you like. You know, um, Ronel, it's, it's just so interesting exactly what you're chatting to my son, who and they gave him a, a basic um, business model to to model for them. And this youngster was just totally, totally out of his depth. And they realized mm. that his education was absolutely telescopic. He mm. was very, very good at what his forte was, but he had the inability to sort of think laterally and get it done. Mm. Um, and he said that he was intimidated by this youngster when he arrived because he came so highly qualified. But when it yes. came down, as we say, in the trenches, this youngster just couldn't, couldn't match. Um, now, how, how do you find a, a, a degree like that? What would you at Regent give the student um, that would broaden their ability to think? Yeah, so so we have what we uh, call academic makerspaces. We call them the I-Lead Labs. And the I-Lead Lab, <clears throat> the, the principle behind academic makerspace is to use design thinking to solve problems. Okay, so and the kind of things that we ask the students to do um, with the methodology of design thinking is to solve real business problems. Um, and so in the end, as part of their degree, they would have developed a website, they would have developed a marketing uh, um, plan, strategy, they would have developed a business plan, you know, and, and so we focus them on how to integrate the content that they actually see in their in their curriculum, how to integrate that and bring it together in the iLead lab and then draw on the different disciplines to build something. In fact, what we also do in the iLead lab is we have um we have some um 3D printers and, 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 and laser cutters and that type of thing. So we take it even to the extent of um, um asking them to produce a product, you know. And uh, we allow them to produce these products um, at the Elite Lab and to then go out there and try and find a market. Now, how better can you equip a student uh, for for a real entrepreneurial business or a real life experience in terms of business principles um, than doing that? So, um, and that's been incredibly successful. Students love doing it. And as you can see, I mean, we, we have had uh, very interesting products. And the interesting thing is that That's so many students. Ronald, sorry yeah. to cut you there. You can see Craig's getting edgy. We need okay. to go to the shops quickly, but please hold that thought and we'll come back and we'll be with you in a moment. This is RV on business. Welcome back to 101.9 High FM. It's 21 minutes past 12. And on the line with us is Dr. Renel Bloom, who's the Dean of Region Business School. And it's been a fascinating discussion, even though we've only been in it for a couple of minutes. 
Dr. Blom, Ronel, you were saying just before we went to the break that there's a practical element in the business school. Um, Correct. Having been someone who did a degree in economics and finance, I would have loved to have been able mm-hmm. to go into the world with those skills yes. to say to my employer, I, I actually have done practical things rather Correct. than just theoretical up in the sky. So yeah. let's go back to those practical examples that you've got. Yeah. Where you've applied the training in the academia and then it's been taken into the workplace. Yes. So the two ways, or there are several ways, but maybe the two that stand out are the, the kind of um, integration of the, the I-League lab in, um, in the degree. So every year, first year, second year, third year, the students get a part of a project and they build through those three years, they build the project up to the conclusion in the, in the third year. And what that requires is, as I said, integration. So in other words, they don't, uh, you know, what often happens and why employers complain about the student doesn't know anything is because they've never learned how to integrate. So, you know, as a curriculum developer, you have a, a an idea of what should fit together in terms of a particular curriculum, you know, let's have a finance, finance um, or or accounting or whatever the case may be. But we we fail to make it evident to the student how these things actually come together. OK, so I think that's the, that is a really successful um, implementation of that. The the other thing that we also have um, is what we call the Red Hub. It's the um, Regent Enterprise Development Hub. And the Regent Enterprise Development Hub really helps students who have an inclination to start a business, to incubate. Uh, we've partnered with a company called Black Umbrella, and they are uh, business incubators. And so, so students who, who, who show an inclination that they want to become an entrepreneur would get guidance, would get um, um, mentorship, would get all of those, in fact, to take their little business from start to um, a higher level and to scale. So, yes. so you know, we really try and live our our mission. Because our mission is to foster entrepreneurs in in South Africa and in Southern Africa, so we're living to trying to live that mission. You know, it's almost you know when 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 in my day you had a choice of either doing full time academia or doing your legal or accounting articles yes. at the same time as studying. You sort of turned that theory on its head because you can now go to university full time, but develop your business acumen and your entrepreneurial skill and flair. At the yes. same time going forward. Correct. You know, there's a lot of questions coming forward. The first one that people want to know, this one's quite blunt, is that my son finished the trick last year. He got accepted to BCom in um, Witz, Tuckies, and in Stellenbosch. Why would I even look at Regent as an option compared to these three prestigious institutions? I think because um, we offer our delivery model is very different. You know, as I said, um, in terms of both the integration of the lab, the makerspaces, um, as well as the the um, availability of um, actual real life experiences in building entrepreneurs, that type of thing, I don't think. In fact, I know I have been um, I have been an academic in a public university myself, and I know that 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 is not the way that uh, curricula are designed and developed, developed and delivered in the public universities. So our, our edge, if you like, is that we have the ability to experiment 
with um, unique approaches and unique delivery models. And and as we've seen over the last few years, it's been very successful. So, you know, I mean, uh, the BCom degree is a BCom degree. We offer many BCom degrees, um, you know, so we've got a whole range of BCom degrees, but it's exactly in those BCom degrees, which is supposed to be resulting in some kind of profession where we have introduced these these skills and abilities and we're seeing great, great success. So, yes, I think, you know, there is more to a curriculum than just the curriculum that you see on the website. Mm-hmm. Um, if you see the kind of, um, I don't want to call it extracurricular, but co-curricular um, activities that we that we use to enhance our students' employability, then you see the difference. Um, Renal, the next question that's coming is, does Regent offer distance learning or does one need to be on campus physically? No, both. Depending which program, we are accredited for some programs um, are face-to-face. We call it rich distance, but um, our, our largest number of, of, of programs are actually distance. And for that reason, we make use of a very sophisticated learning management system uh, so the delivery can be synchronous and asynchronous. So students can work on their own and they can also attend webinars or, um, you know, be in a live chat or whatever the case may be. The next thing that's come through, I suppose, some of the thing that um, faces our country in, in, in tremendous ways across the board. Um, someone writes here, and, and I'll just paraphrase it because the English is not great, that um, her daughter has just finished matric. She didn't do all that well. And she really wants to get into university to do and do a business degree. Yeah. And she's listed all the reasons why she didn't do well. A lot of them have to do with socioeconomic stuff. Right. Um, would it be easier for her to basically get into Regent and be nurtured through first year? Yes. Or rather than getting to Wits where she knows from her older children that she won't get through the degree? Yeah. Look, um, yes, I mean, the uh, first year experience in particular is a, is a highly contentious one. And we know that first years, uh, first years really struggle to accommodate and to, I mean, I, two of my children dropped out in their first year, uh, first year and they had to start all over again. So the first year experience is really a, a demanding one. But I, th- I think in, um, she didn't say whether the student didn't, um, meet the requirements for a bachelor degree. Because if she didn't meet the requirements for a bachelor degree, there are lots of options. Um, so what we often, uh, see our students do is if they, uh, let's say they, they achieved a diploma pass and not a bachelor pass, then they would undertake a higher certificate as an access program, any higher certificate. Now we offer many. Um, so a higher certificate is a one year program. But if you're successful with your higher certificate, you're automatically eligible to enter a bachelor's degree. Mm-hmm. So that's definitely a way. And we see that a lot that um, the, uh, even though the higher certificates are highly vocational, you know, we find that that that, that sort of Easing into higher education seems to make it easier for students to actually um, go on to the degree. And, of course, as I said, it gives them um, immediate access into the bachelor once they've passed the highest certificate. And then Gerrit's asking a, a very interesting question. I think you hear this a lot. It says, hi, I'm a successful employee in a big mining company in South Africa. I have absolutely no tertiary education. In fact, yeah. I did not even pass matric. Um, I got into the mine as a laborer and worked myself up to a very senior position. But I've always dreamt of having a academic degree. 
Yes. And every time I've approached the big institutions, I'm turned down before I even start. I'm mm. now approaching 40. I have the bit of time because my job is secure and I would love to do a degree. Does Regent have a space for me? Yes. <laughs> you see, um, I think some of the public universities don't really have the appetite for a recognition of prior learning. But we are able to, uh, as a private institution, we are able to accommodate uh, recognition of prior learning students. And we will be able to give you some kind of exemption. Uh, you may not immediately be able to get into a degree, but again, you know, if you want to perhaps uh, start with a diploma or with with the access, uh, the higher certificate uh, uh, degrees, then that's also an option. But yes, definitely we have a space for you. In fact, um, our average age of our students, um, of our, our region students is 35. Wow. So you would be in good company. So we, most of our students are working adults. And uh, so they know the demands of, you know, we're both working and studying definitely. And um, often many of them only start start for the first time. Many, many of them have not had an opportunity in the past to actually access uh, higher education because of whatever reason. Um, and there are many, but uh, I don't think we're going to talk about that today. But many, many, many of them are actually first generation students. So you would be in very, very good company. Um, certainly there's a space for you. And there's a very brave and forward young lady, Kim Grezen, who's just sent a message. Um, hi, Ivy and Dr. Blom. I just finished matric last year. I did very well. I have a passion to do a business degree. I have been accepted into a few universities. My goal is simple. I cannot afford to study overseas, but I want to study and get the best transferable degree that I can to go and study, uh, to work, sorry, elsewhere once mm. I've completed my studies. Is Regent up there with the best of them to take yep. overseas? Yes, yes, absolutely. Um, you must understand that our degrees are, are fully recognized, and we are just as the public universities are recognized by the Council on Higher Education. So the, the standard of our degrees are, are the same as uh, the public universities um, throughout the country and throughout the world because we benchmark not only internally in South Africa, but we also benchmark across the world. And I mean, that is a, that's a minimum requirement in any case if you establish um, an institution of this nature. But as I said earlier, you know, I think um, <clears throat> the, the, the extras that you won't get in a public university, you'll be able to get in Regent. And I think, you know, uh, if you can do it, definitely um, you would have a great deal of joy and, and, and excitement and experience at, at Regent Business School. Definitely. When this message came through, I thought the lady got the radio station. She was looking for radio pulpit, but she found us. Because mm. it's also hallelujah. And mm. she says that I have a son who's studying, who's living overseas in a gap year, desperately wants to study via correspondence in South Africa, yes. simply because that's the environment they know. And Unisa has been a nightmare in red and bold. Okay. Can my son look at your institution as yes. an option for distance studying? 
Yes, absolutely. We have many students overseas who are actually studying through Regent. We also, and I haven't mentioned it yet, but we have um, campuses in Namibia and in and Iswatini. But we find that our students, our graduates, are actually all over the world. Um, some in England, some even in China. Some we had one from Russia. But, which was very unusual. But so students really from all over the world in Africa, everywhere actually are registering through um, regions and they can attain a degree in that way, yes. So let me maybe get one of my own questions in while we've got a bit of a lull here on the SMS line. One thing that I was intrigued to see is that you've got an MBA and you've got a DBA, a Master of Business Administration and a Doctorate. You know, yes. many, many years ago, an MBA was the Holy Grail. Once you had that, doors opened. Today, mm. you know, they, they're quite easy to come by, very expensive. But, you know, a lot of people have them and um, not doesn't really hold the gravitas that it used to. That's that's in my, my yeah. personal opinion. If someone is not living in South Africa and they're looking for an MBA or a DBA, is Regent an, an option? Would, that, would it give them the global reach? Yeah. Look, yes, definitely. Uh, and, and in fact, I had, I read a very interesting article about, um, MBAs <clears throat> and, um, uh, as at Financial Times undertook a study, um, about MBAs and they found that in, um, in America and Europe, um, people with an MBA see their salaries double within the first three years of graduating. So it is still um, a qualification with very high traction in the system. Even in South Africa, in fact, I want to read you the, uh, give you the, the, um, the amount. The South African Business Tech e-magazine report on, uh, that the average salary paid to MBA holders in South Africa is 961,000. That's average. And then, of course, um, the higher executives get into the millions and so on. So, yeah, so I think um, in terms of the MBA, it is still the kind of degree that really opens um, opportunities for you in the business world, um, most definitely. And uh, and secondly, you will get paid better, <laughs> to be honest, even better than people with a doctoral degree. So I, I, you know, I know that there's been a lot of controversy about, about, um, uh, uh, fake MBAs and about, uh, bogus MBAs and that type of thing. But I think that has been sorted out. There was a, a big study that was undertaken by the CHE, the Council on Higher Education a number of years ago. And those institutions who were offering these kind of one-week MBAs, two-week MBAs type of thing, it's been closed down and it's been discredited completely. But the the, the institutions that still offer a valuable MBA, they see that their students really, really do do well in the in the workplace. We have a very good crop of MBA graduates every year, so it's still one of our most popular programs. So I think, uh, yeah. There's the evidence. <laughs> what is the time frame for an MBA these, year, these days? Is it a one year, two year? Two years. Two years. In our case, it's two years. And that's part-time, I take it? Yes, it's part-time. Fantastic. Ronald, just before I let you go, um, a very interesting questions just come through. Um, I don't know the person's name. They're saying that one of the reasons I'm not studying this year at WITS is that I am really scared of the political situation at university. Mm. I don't want to get involved in politics, religion, what's happening in the Middle East. I just want to get a degree. Mm. Am I able to come to Regent 
uh, or I said to your university mm. as a white South African female without mm. worrying about these issues. Absolutely, absolutely. Look, we we you know we I know even with the the in the time of uh, fees must fall, the private universities had no issues. Uh, you know, students uh, students at the private universities are there because they want to be there. Okay, they know they're not there because they got a bursary or they got you know the they they were told that they they must go to university or something like that. They're there because they want to be there, and they don't waste their time with nonsense. Really, I'm, I'm, I suppose I shouldn't call it nonsense, but um, I mean, there are really re- legitimate and, and valid reasons um, for unhappiness in the system. But the private universities are, have been very fortunate to have been completely um, left out of that problem, to be honest. So, yes, most definitely there is a space for you. And then just oh, by the way, about yeah. seven, by the way, about more than 50 percent of our students are female. So you're even more welcome. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Just to squeeze in quickly before Craig Craig tells us we need to run to the shops, bursaries. I've got a few questions about that. People saying that they're struggling financially. Um, Unfortunately, a a typical scenario, not only in South Africa, but across the world where there just isn't the affordability. How does Regent assist those students? Look, we have limited number of, of bursaries, but, but you must understand that as a private institution, we don't get subsidies from the state. So <clears throat> student fees is our only income. And, and so we don't get any help, assistance or anything from the state. And so it's difficult to offer bursaries, um, extensively, but there are bursaries that are available and we can certainly help students to, um, to investigate those and to apply for those. The other thing is we also have uh, quite um, uh, progressive pr- payment plans, okay, um, and we don't charge re- uh, interest. So uh, you know it's a it's a payment plan that you can accommodate and that you can uh, manage, and of course we we will assist as far as we can. But unfortunately, we we're not in a position as a private institution to to offer too many bursaries. But yeah. Okay. Dr. Ronel Blom, let's take a quick break, run back to the shops. We'll be back with you in a moment. This is RV on Business. Welcome back to 101.9 Chai FM. We're in the last few minutes with Dr. Ronel Blom, who is the Dean of Region Business School. And just to let you know, I heard the DL Link advert over there. Please go have a look at it. They are definitely bringing a fantastic team of runners to Jerusalem to run the Jerusalem Marathon. Um, I'm going to be running, um, not with them. We begin running for our own organization, but um, we're definitely going to be partnering in, in different ways. And um, it's a tremendous, tremendous event and a tremendous charity that really helps families when there's no help anywhere else. And, you know, life is really, really tough. So uh, please have a look at that. Right. Dr. Blom, um, we, we spoke briefly about um, the fact that there isn't room for bursary and all that. And I was saying to you just before we came on air that I've been very privileged myself in the last year just to be exposed to different universities, to the Open University in the UK, yeah. to um, what was called IDC, is now called Reichman in Herzli here in, in, in Tel Aviv, in, 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 so in Herzli, which is a mind-blowing institution. And then um, Barilan and um, Ariel universities also where, where my children are studying in, in different places. Mm. And what I'm surprised about is that when I was in university, it was a full-time job. You were there every day. You had timetables where you had big gaps maybe, but you were at varsity. 
here it's on average three, maybe four days a week, quite flexible. You can almost elect that if you know the pressure is too high, you're not going to write stats at this semester. You write it in the, you know, what we would call a SUP. You automatically yeah. can ask for that. Does yes. does Regent have that flexibility? Yes. Look, I mean, as I said, when you, we make extensive use of the learning management system because we have to um, accommodate the students' um, context. And as I said, most of our students, up to 80%, even more of our students are actually distant students and mature uh, working adults. So, um, so we have to accommodate that and we have to therefore make sure that they can, um, consume content without necessarily being in the class. And so the learning management system becomes the proxy, if you like, for the teacher. Okay. So uh, we talk about teacher presence on the learning management system where the the, the way that uh, the student is engaged with the material is actually a learning journey. So we, we try and um, accommodate the student by making it possible for him or her to actually do this after hours. We also offer most of our webinars, um, uh, as a matter of fact, after hours and on the weekends because we know that students work. And so if we do have a webinar, it would be in the evenings. Um, in fact, we've just started with our webinars now or it would be over the weekends. So, um, you know, we absolutely make, make, uh, um, uh, accommodate our students as far as that's concerned. In fact, um, in a, in a survey that we did a, a few years ago, one of the um, advantages that the students said that they had at Regent Business School is the fact that it is so flexible. And we're very accommodating in terms of uh, exams and so on. So if they, for example, can't um, sit for a particular examination at a particular point, they can apply for Agritat, we call it an Agritat, and they will immediately get a, a supplementary, another opportunity to write. So we are really trying to accommodate, we make sure that students get the benefit of the doubt, uh, because for us it's about student success in the end. It's not about anything else. Docs, on your next run, you've got to use a 32GI product to support our advertisers on the radio. Um, we've got literally three minutes remaining. What is your message to students, to parents looking forward to academia, post-school going forward in South hmm. Africa? Yeah. I think the first thing is that there are many, many, many options available. You know, uh, private institutions in particular offer the kind of options that are not available in the public system. And that also offer very often kind of niche programs that's also not offered in the, in the, in the, um, public universities. For example, we are developing, um, uh, let's say uh, we call it the vertical, uh, which looks at um, digital, not only IT, but digital, um, AI, you know, artificial intelligence, all of those, um, uh, forget all our names now, artificial, uh, virtual um, uh, and augmented learning. So we look at all of those things and we're actually developing programs that uh, that will um, uh, accommodate those needs because we we know you know for example uh, there's this whole furore about the chat GPT I don't know if you've come across it um, and in the whole of higher education has been an uproar about chat GPT and what is this going to do and and instead what we decided to do is to embrace it to say no no let's use chat GPT and we become more clever with our assessment and so these things um, 
uh, are easier, I think, in, to some extent in private universities to, to adopt than it is in public universities because our systems are generally a little bit smaller, even though we've got uh, about 11,000 students. So the, the, it's easier, I think, to adapt to new experiments and that up and new fields of learning. And, and so what we tend to do um, as an institution, but many private institutions will do the same, is to actually very quickly pivot to um, a new field of learning like artificial intelligence, uh, making use of the chat GPT and all kinds of other technologies. Um, that's our forte. That's what we want to do. Dr. Blomer, now we need to wrap up, but one quick question just came up. Um, is it imperative to have a good English to, to, to enroll? English is not my first language. Um, I speak Zulu and Koza, and my English is not good. Yeah. Is that a handicap? It, it is, but only originally, um, and we can give um, some support as far as language is concerned. Uh, I must also tell you, you would be in good company because probably 70% of our students um, has English as their second or third language. So we are definitely accommodative of that. We recognize that that is a problem, um, but we can also assist, um, you know, with language courses and academic literacies and that type of thing. So we don't leave you on your own. Fantastic. Dr. Ronel Blom, Dean of Regent Business School. Just to let you know, the website is regent, R-E-G-E-N-T dot A-C dot Z-A. Business School, disrupt, rethink, innovate. That's the way to go. Thank you so much. Thanks for your time. Thank you very much. Lovely. Craig, thanks for pushing the buttons. We'll speak to you next week.